0: All right, welcome on in. Happy Friday. 608-321-1670. Twitter Facebook, Zone Madison. You can catch us on Twitch as well. Search my name at Ebo Says. Just hit that follow button, and you can be uh, coming uh, right along with. You can see our very handsome faces. the king already on Twitch. He heard the sports flash about NASCAR. NASCAR, is this the first domino to fall, Nelly? NASCAR says they're coming back. Seven events in 11 days or something like that in May, which... It's May 1st today. When was that dirt track supposed to go off? I forget. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I forgot. But NASCAR says they're coming back. I feel like for all the sports, NASCAR, besides the pit crew, would be the easiest. Because you're just chilling in your car. It's just you driving with a headset on, talking to your, your head guy. But then the only social distancing thing I feel like would be an issue would be the pit crew. How do you stay six feet away from each other when you're changing tires, lubing up, and putting some gas in? You're going to be... First of all, let me ask you, are you a NASCAR guy? No. Neither am I. I'm not a NASCAR guy. Will you become a NASCAR guy now that NASCAR's coming back? No. (laughs)
1: I just... Sorry for everyone out there that's a big NASCAR fan. It just doesn't appeal to me.
0: NASCAR also doesn't really trip my trigger, but I might... I I might check it out. I I think I'm gonna check it out. I don't really know what to, there is to know about it besides they turn left. Other than that though, oh I know I do know this though. Rubbin. you ain't racing if you ain't rubbing. Rubbing is racing. And uh, what is it? Raise hell, praise Dale. Raise hell, praise Dale. And when the tailgate drops, the bullish stops. I don't know if that applies to NASCAR, but I saw it on a. Uh, you know, in high school, you always got your f- certain friends that are like just good old country boys. He loved NASCAR. One of my friends, good old country boy, loved NASCAR. And on his pickup truck, it says, when the tailgate drops, the bullish stops. So I figured, I just equated that to NASCAR.
1: I did a follow up with the dirt track in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Turns out they went forward without any fans in attendance. Oh, are you
0: serious? Um, yeah, because we had it, what was that, last week or two weeks ago? We were talking about it. There's a last week. There was a dirt track in, I forget, South Dakota? Yeah. In South Dakota, <laughs> that had, they're, they're going to go on. They had a 4,000 capacity. They're going to have allow 700 fans be there to watch this. I think it was like called the, it was like the international. It was some kind of race. Again, I'm not a big racing guy, but you know, we're like, all right, maybe we can go to South Dakota and go party here. And they, what? Yeah. It they looks cave. like they, they
1: caved. No fans. They still raced it last week, but no fans.
0: No fans. Oh, man. But um, no fans. Speaking of no fans, well, there you go. If you're a NASCAR fan, excitement's got to be running high. Uh, I, said, I said like a month ago, we're in day 51 of no sports. Yesterday was day 50 of no sports. I said around day like 13, day 14 of no sports that I would consider letting the Vikings win a Super Bowl in order for sports to come back. Nelson, have you reached your point yet where you're allowed where you're going to give something up like me saying potentially the Vikings? Are you to your point yet of of giving something up? No,
1: no, I'll, I'll be that petty. I won't allow the the Vikings
0: to win a Super Bowl. No, I would never let the Cubs win another World Series. I would all of my being, all of everything inside of me hates the Chicago Cubs with just a passion. I would never, ever get to the point where I'd say, I would think I let sports die and fall to the wayside and become a thing of the past before I let the Chicago Cubs win another World Series. That's how much I despise the Cubs.
1: Well, plus you'd give people like Dave from Anona just the ability to mm. talk even more crap, mm. especially when you can't just say, yeah, but it took you 108 years to win <laughs> that one World Series. Well, then he could come back and go, yeah, well, now we just won two in like a five-year span.
0: Yeah, I I don't, I don't think I would ever reach that point, but... I, after thinking about it a while longer, I think the draft, the NFL draft, has reinvigorated me. I'm rejuvenated. I'll now take back that Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl, and I could still hold out a little while longer. I think. I th- Maybe it's because you got the last dance documentary going on, which, by the way, going to be airing uh, two episodes on Sunday. You're going to get the Dream Team episode. And then Monday morning at 9 o'clock, Eric Helland, who was with the Chicago Bulls for 25 years of all those championships, and then eventually went in 2013 to the Wisconsin Badger basketball program. But he was with the Chicago Bulls for 25 years. He joined us this month or this Tuesday, that was, and shared incredible stories about working with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. You know, even Michael Jordan in the last episode that aired, he's talking to Eric Helen in that, calling him Cheesehead. Hey, Cheesehead, what do you think of that? Because Helen had just lost money to him uh, betting on the Broncos and Packers in the Super Bowl. And um, of course, unfortunately, the Packers lost. MJ bet on the Broncos. Helen, the Packers. Helen had to pony up to Jordan. He's like, what do you think of that, cheesehead? So, Eric Helen's going to join us Monday to recap episodes. What would that be? Five and six. And you'll have the Dream Team episode. And Nellie, you were talking to him. Did you have a huge report on Helen uh, when you were in high school or college? It would have been in college. In college, when Nelson was at the Harvard of the Midwest, UW Lacrosse. Is it still the Harvard of the Midwest after that Brian Gutekunst draft?
1: Only time will tell. Time will
0: tell there. But Nelson did a huge report on him, and he, he had a lot to do with the Dream Team, didn't he? Like yeah. He, from, he was from, with those guys.
1: Yeah, from what I gathered, uh, Scottie Pippen kind of brought him along with to help him train while he was in Barcelona for the
0: 92 Olympics. How freaking cool, man. How cool is that? So we're going to have Eric Helland on Monday. So just put that in the back of your mind this weekend, and then Sunday when The Last Dance airs, just remember that a guy who was there for literally everything... All the winning, all the championships, all the work that went into it, he was there.
1: Well, I think it's extremely cool because how many people outside of the NBA players themselves that played in it were around the whole time? Like maybe another
0: 20? The, and he's one of them. He, he was around longer than Dennis Rodman. He was along, you know, longer than a lot of those players that were on those teams, even. He was there for everything. And it's the perspective that he brings to the table is so cool to hear a guy, he, you know, he's not an outsider. He's a part of the team. He's on the staff. He was the strength and conditioning assistant coach. Then he became the strength and conditioning head coach. He's the guy that is there when the players are putting in the work in order to entertain everyone on the court and win those championships. That's what you see, Nelson. And I know you can attest to this. What you see in the court or the field is what? What would you say a percentage of, of what a 10% of all the work they actually do to go perform?
1: Well, yeah. You you have all the preparation and the training before. Yeah. You have the practices, the all the other stuff they have to go through. Yeah. And then they get out there and play.
0: What we see on TV or if you buy a ticket to, you know what, believe it or not, there used to be a thing where you would go to a sporting event and you would watch it live in person. You'd buy a ticket. I know this is crazy. I know people are like, no way. This happened. You'd buy a ticket you take that ticket, and you go to the stadium you bought the ticket for. They would then pat you down with a little security thing. You'd go through a metal detector. They'd scan your ticket. Then you'd go sit in your seat, maybe get a beer, soda, popcorn, whatever, and you'd watch these athletes play. You remember that, right?
1: Yeah, once upon a time. Yeah, that, like that was once a thing.
0: That was once a thing. We. That's all we see, though, is those players out there doing that. You don't see what's behind the see, scenes. I actually saw – Eric Helen saw it all. Somebody came at Sam Decker – about how he had a terrible NBA
1: career on Twitter. I'm not the biggest Sam Decker fan, but when he came back with, you don't think I never worked hard to get here. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that tweet and I was like, yep. Yeah. That says it all. Like, it's not like Sam Decker or anyone that's reached that type of level in sports. It's not like they didn't work at all. (laughs) They were doing a lot of things behind the scenes that people didn't see.
0: Dude, to get to that level, uh, you know, just, you are the top, top less than 1% of the world if you're in a professional sport. NBA is, NBA is wild because we were talking to Mike Bruzewitz, and I got some NBA news I want to talk about coming up here when it comes to the season. Uh, Mark Lazary, Bucks' co-owner, making some comments. But we were before that, we were talking to Mike Bruzowitz a couple years ago on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And Bruzewitz was saying, you know, this thing of the amount of High school athletes that are out there, AAU basketball players who are fighting for scholarships. You get a scholarship, and then once you are in school, I mean, how many, how many basketball, how many college basketball teams are well, there's there? There's like 300. Yeah, it's plus. insane. And how many players are on those rosters?
1: plus. I think just in Division One.
0: Yeah. In Division One, Double A. How many players are on those rosters? If you are getting drafted into the NBA, which spots are at a premium in the NBA, you are less than 0.1 percent that goes to the NBA. It is it is insanely mathematically just absurd. Well, if you're going to get to the NBA. If
1: you're looking at just division 1 for 1A and 2A, you got roughly 15 guys on a team. You got between 45 and 5,000 players. 4500 and 5,000 players just yeah. in division 1 college basketball.
0: Yeah, and then throw in the guys that come from the Euro, you know, come from from Europe. Throwing the guys that come from other countries, then throwing the guys that are D3, throwing the guys that are D2, because those guys can make it as well. I mean, the the odds are a little longer, but they also can make it as well. You know, so the fact that <laughs> to, to get to that level is just it's just insane. It's insane, Rowdy. But man, I am uh, the more I talk about this, the more I'm starting to miss sports again. <laughs> and speaking of the last dance, Isaiah Thomas is making some very of course. When you watched episode, what was it, episode three or four for The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan was so just hates Isaiah Thomas. It was both of the episodes. It would probably be all the episodes if Michael Jordan had his way. Isaiah Thomas. I feel like
1: it's it's so hard when you say episodes one and two. Yeah. How about just say the first weekend? First weekend. It's just but like. Basically the first two hours of the one episode.
0: The hatred of Michael Jordan for Isaiah Thomas is Incredible. Isaiah Thomas now stirring the pot once again when it comes to Michael Jordan. These guys will just go to their graves despising each other. And go back to you know what we were talking about when it comes to the Dream Team. Didn't Jordan say he will not play if Isaiah Thomas is on that team?
1: Yeah, the Dream Team documentary.
0: That was his... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like, I'm, if Isaiah Thomas is on there, I'm not. You can count me out.
1: Yeah, so it was basically they had to pick between if they wanted Isaiah Thomas or Michael Jordan on the roster. I wonder who I'll take. I think I remember seeing Michael Jordan on the 92 Dream Team. I, I'm pretty sure I got a couple basketball
0: cards of that. <laughs> and I've seen his jersey with his name on it, the, the USA jersey with the Jordan on the back. So I got some NBA news I want to get to. Packer news. Thank you, Brett Favre, for giving us these little nuggets. Thank you for the NFL draft for giving us these little nuggets. I have some football stuff when it comes to the NFL, college football as well. NBA. Did you see Rogers posted
1: on social media for the first time?
0: Was he? Uh, where was he? He's in like some mountain range, like Colorado or something. Yeah. Saying one of the hashtags was hashtag relax, and sh- was it chill vibes? Yeah, chill something vibes. Like we'll pull it up. Um, yeah, Rogers. Rogers has not said anything about love about the draft, but he did have a post on Instagram yesterday of him chilling in a Colorado mountain range. Very ominous. Giving the hang loose. The hang. He loves that hang loose sign. <laughs> yesterday, Michael Jordan's agent was on uh, Boomer and Geo's show, CBS Sports. I think it's W F A N as well. And Michael Jordan's agent said, MJ, three years ago, turned down a two-hour appearance that would have paid him $100 million. My first question was, why would you ever turn something like that down? And then who the hell would offer $100 million for a two-hour appearance? Then we found out that Michael Jordan's net worth is... Two point one billion with a B. Two point one billion dollars. He turned down a one hundred million dollar two hour appearance. That's simple math. Fifty million dollars an hour you're making. Nelson, you crunch the numbers. Michael Jordan, you just you just tell everyone what you did. Basically,
1: that one hundred million dollars would be a, a little less than five percent of his net worth.
0: Two point one billion dollars. Michael Jordan turns down a one hundred million dollar two hour appearance and you're like, man, how could you ever give up that amount of money? Well, when it's you said you rounded up and it's what four point eight? Yeah,
1: four point eight percent.
0: One hundred million dollars is four point eight percent of MJ's net worth.
1: So yeah, when he does play hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a round of golf, it really is nothing.
0: Yeah, it's literally him dropping like a penny. Isn't that isn't that just it makes your head spin. It makes your head just like, how?
1: Well, Especially when it's a pandemic going on and a lot of people are of work or having reduced work hours, Yeah. and Michael Jordan's playing, putting $150,000 on a round of golf. God.
0: <laughs> MJ also turned down $7 million to go golf a full day in Asia. But listen, flying from America to somewhere in Asia is, is, uh, is quite the flight. It's a Herculean task to get over there. So there's there's a whole entire day just done with traveling. And now MJ doesn't have to worry about going through TSA, taking his shoes off, bending over, and and you know having some guy making ten dollars an hour check you for explosives. He doesn't got to worry about that stuff. So it's a little faster to get over there. just still a, in, just an insane flight. But you're still spending a whole day traveling just to play golf, and then you're all screwed up with your sleep schedule. Yada yada yada. I could see how he turned down seven million dollars. To go play a golf tournament in Asia, but turning down $100 million for a two-hour appearance.
1: I'm telling you, I I bet it had something to do with him and uh, Isaiah Thomas had to do it together. He refuses to do it. There's no amount of money that could get him to do it.
0: Now, speaking of Isaiah Thomas, if you're watching The Last Dance, which I highly suggest watching The Last Dance, unbelievable documentary on the 97-98 season of the Chicago Bulls, when Jerry Krause the GM is telling Phil Jackson it's his last year Michael Jordan saying I'm not going to play for anyone else besides Phil Jackson if you do that I won't be back with the Bulls you have Scottie Pippen sitting this some of the season out and then coming back because he wants to get paid Scottie Pippen was paid what was he like what was he paid as you could wasn't argue it... he was the second best player in the league but he's paid as like the hundred hundredth 100th something yeah wasn't it a like one hundred and twenty-one or one hundred and eleven or something like that. Was it a seven-year deal for eighteen million dollars? Yeah, very <laughs> undervalued. I mean, Scottie Pippen signed the dotted line to secure the bag and have his family, you know, be taken care of. But he wanted more money, and then they wanted to trade him. It was all—it was all kind of coming to an end for the ninety-seven, ninety-eight Chicago Bulls. That's what that documentary is about. And then they also flashback. Um, everything leading up to that point as well. Incredible. It's a 10 part series if you haven't checked it out, highly suggest it. Isaiah Thomas was in it. Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. What would you say? Despise each other? Hate each other? I th- I don't know <laughs> if I would say hate each other. I
1: think Michael Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and Isaiah Thomas and Isaiah like, Thomas is just kind of like What the hell, man? I don't really like Jordan, but I don't <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's <laughs> it's a one-way hate. And Jordan's okay with that.
0: So uh, you can catch this guy on our station here um, and our affiliates if you are a CBS Sports affiliate. Bill Ryder, he was once on these airwaves. Now he's more of just an NBA role of CBS Sports. Isaiah Thomas gave him an interview the other day with Bill Ryder. um, And Isaiah Thomas said he was, quote, definitely surprised to hear Jordan call him an asshole in the documentary for not shaking hands after the Bulls swept the Pistons in the 91 Eastern Conference Finals. So Isaiah Thomas was like, I was surprised that Jordan called me an (laughs) (laughs) a-hole. Jordan's like, you'll never convince me otherwise that he's not an a-hole. Isaiah Thomas says, I don't have anything against him, and I definitely admire him as a basketball player. And then they quote, as a basketball player, not as a person, as a basketball player. Michael Jordan, I believe he's the GOAT. The greatest of all time. Do you believe that Michael Jordan is the goat, Nelly?
1: Yeah. So when I was growing up, obviously, Michael Jordan, that would have been the second Mm three-peat. That was when I was a little, little kid. Yeah. And then, obviously, I grew up with Kobe and LeBron. Yes. Well, I'm going to say this. Clearly, LeBron and and Michael Jordan are better than Kobe. Yes. I know there's a a contingent of big Kobe Bryant fans. Sorry. Sorry. Kobe's Kobe's. He's definitely in third place. If that. Yeah. He he's definitely behind those two. Yes, but after you watch some of those highlights, I still have. To, I think I have to go with Michael Jordan just because of the pure intensity and determination, and like the I don't care
0: FU mentality. Yes, like, and
1: like LeBron doesn't have that killer.
0: LeBron is phenomenal. Do not get me wrong. LeBron is a freak athlete. LeBron is just what he does on the court is insane. When you go back, and yes, different eras of basketball, it's hard to compare, blah, 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 blah. But when Michael Jordan was playing, and I'm watching the Last Dance documentary, and it just dawns on me. They're talking about, even the Pistons, even the bad boys are talking about the referees didn't care if you were a star player or not. It was not about protecting the star player. You could hand check, you could go look at the bad boys they beat the hell out of Michael Jordan. Their their defensive strategy was if Jordan got to the baseline, you punch him out and bring him to the ground. You can't do that in the NBA anymore. They beat the living hell out of Michael Jordan to the point where he's like, "I'm going to start. I'm putting 15 pounds of muscle on so I could beat them back."
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny watching that, and then you see guys like LeBron, guys like uh, James Harden that are crying about getting touched. Yes. And they're shooting, like, 20, 30 free throws a night? Yes. <laughs> How many free throws would Michael Jordan have shot against the bad boys if it was played in today's era? 60?
0: Yeah. You you have players, you have the, the Pistons going out there saying, dude, we could like we could mug Michael Jordan, and they wouldn't do it. You wouldn't even get a technical foul. It would just be a common foul, I'll and Michael this. Jordan would be on the ground, like, just knocked out. Today's
1: flagrant foul is ridiculous just in general.
0: Yes. So... The fact that Michael Jordan is literally going against guys practicing maybe a budding MMA, UFC career, you can't do that in today's NBA. LeBron gets all the calls. Well, I love LeBron when it comes to him playing on the court. I don't agree with the stuff now off the court when it comes to stance of China, Hong Kong, et cetera. He does a lot of good things, yes. LeBron on the court, though, gets all the calls. They protect their star players. If you're a star, James Harden gets all the calls. You know, Kawhi Leonard, I don't think Kawhi gets all the calls, but he gets a lot of calls. If you are a star athlete, Steph Curry gets all the calls. Kevin Durant gets all the calls. Giannis right now doesn't, wasn't getting all the calls when he's starting to. LeBron James gets all the calls. So the fact that you have Michael Jordan in an era where you could literally mug people, mug them, leave them black and blue, bruised, beaten, even bloody, to do what he did is insane. So, anyways, Isaiah Thomas comes out, and he give. they asked him who Isaiah thought was the Bill Ryder did of CBS Sports, of who he thought the best five players were he competed against. You on his list, Rowdy? Yeah. Michael Jordan's I, not even top three. I was going to say Michael Jordan not even on it. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar number one, Larry Bird number two, Magic Johnson number three, Michael Jordan number four, and Julius Irving number five. Oh, think about that. Let's go to the phones quick. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Joe Ebo Show. Who do I got?
2: Yeah, Tommy. Hey,
0: Tommy. What's up, dude?
2: Hey, uh, when Michael Jordan was in his prime, I was watching one of the playoff games. I don't remember what year, but right in about the middle of his big streak. And uh, he got the ball, and he's zooming up the lane, ready to make a right-handed layup. And this guy is all over him. You could see he was going to just pound the shit out of the ball. While he's in the air, he pulled the ball back down. Stuck it in his left hand and tomahawked right over the guy. It was Phil Jackson almost fell over from the bench. It was amazing. <laughs> Tommy, it's I one mean, of the what? highlights of his career was just stunning because it's like he hung in the air forever, completely switched hands and turned around and just tomahawked the crap
0: out of it. And have you watched? Have you watched any of like amount of LeBron James? Have you watched like the new age NBA, Tommy?
2: Uh, not too much.
0: Yeah, I mean Michael Jordan. Watching him was just it was just. Phenomenal! It was special. It was. I've been
2: checking out the uh, playoffs the last couple of years. The last few games, I've seen some uh, some of that LeBron, but a lot of times um, he kind of moves around. Then he gets heavily into it, and when he's into it, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah,
0: well, for sure. Tom, did you watch? Did you? I mean, when growing up, were you watching a lot, or I guess you say listening a lot, watching a lot of NBA, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, et cetera? I
2: actually saw the Havlicek days and the, the end of the Bill Russell days and stuff. And uh, that's why I'm a, really a, a low-post kind of guy watching Bill Russell and the way they had people just revolving around him like he was at the center of a merry-go-round. Yeah. I miss that when uh, they, everyone goes to the three points, and especially the big, tall guys, when they stand outside and bomb away. It's just not basketball to me. I, the old-fashioned, I'm kind of old-time. You're, anyway, old, but... you're old
0: school, Tommy. You're old school. Oh, well. That's why, no, we I... love, that's why we love you, brother.
2: It is Friday today, though, right?
0: Yes, it is Friday. TGIF, Tommy. Hey, go smoke him if you got him, Tommy. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. (laughs) See, the biggest thing there out of all that from
1: Tom, if we go back to the Jordan LeBron, he said when LeBron turns it on. Yeah,
0: when. Jordan was on every single game. Jordan had one gear, and that was was all out. Talking a little NBA right now. Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lazzari in the news on CNBC last night talking about possibly starting the season back up, and um, I mean, Hope Springs Eternal. This is what he said on, uh, what the hell is that show like? The Halftime Report it's called on CNBC. Here
3: you go. But we are, you know, my opinion is we will end up um, having a season, we'll have the playoffs. Uh, But that's going to be a while away. You know, And the question is, is that in July or is that in August? I think we've got to get back to everything being open, so I think the NBA is a number of the facilities are going to open May 8th.
2: I think for somebody like the Bucks, it's going to take longer just because we've got to comply with the stay-at-home.
4: Um, but that's okay. You need to get started. Um, so I think some teams will have a little bit of an edge, but that's life.
0: All right, so there you go. That's what he said on that, that uh, July to August in that time frame. Uh, NBA is opening up a number of their facilities starting on May 8th. That's because a lot of the safer at home or shelter-in-place, whatever order is in their state, is going to be lifted or eased, so I don't. When it comes to fair competition and fair and competitive balance in NBA, how is it that you can let some teams start getting back to work as if there's going to be a season when, like the Milwaukee Bucks, they can't do anything until May 26th, if unless they extend the order even longer. May 26th is when Wisconsin ex, is when Wisconsin will end its stay-at-home order uh, from Governor Evers. Other teams are going to be able to start getting into facilities on May 8th. Now, there will be restrictions in place, including only allowing four players in the facilities at one time, requiring staffers to maintain social distancing and no practices or scrimmages. But you do have teams now being able to, in seven days here, because it is May 1st, of being able to get back to work in some sense. How is that even, how is that even fair to other teams? Because aren't they all about fairness in the NBA? In, in sports, do not you think? Well, I guess not, uh, not some referees.
1: Yeah, that's what they'll try and sell you, right?
0: Yeah. How can the Bucks, though, the number one team in the NBA at the time when they shut down? Odds on favorite to win the NBA championship. They're going to be the ones, one of the teams, who are stuck longest without getting into their facilities. If the NBA is thinking they can start back up, but other teams will get able to get in their groove earlier. I don't understand the fairness of that. I don't, I don't get that.
5: It's all a conspiracy.
0: Well, this is conspiracy theory Friday.
5: The NBA went to Governor Evers, and even though all the other states around Wisconsin are opening up r- sooner, mm-hmm. they're keeping the smallest market in the NBA closed so that the Bucks have a competitive disadvantage heading into the restart.
1: And they're making Michigan also extend theirs to March 26th, or May 26th, wow. because <laughs> because the Pistons just stink. <laughs> yeah, they want people to forget they about the Pistons. They don't want the Pistons back until yeah. they're good.
0: Um, Was that a bunch of the Pistons fans, then, that stormed the, the Michigan Capitol yesterday? Was that Probably was that more Red fans? Wings fans.
1: Well, you think so? Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's not a ton of Detroit Pistons fans.
0: No, right there definitely isn't. <laughs> Those are few and far between right now. But... Maybe, maybe, maybe Tony Evers hates the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe he's like hell if they're looking for hope. He is goals, from might Plymouth, Wisconsin, pants. though.
5: Yeah. So I don't know. You know, Mark he Lazzari, was probably part of the yeah. Let him leave. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. we don't need their their money they bring in. Spin
0: on Evers hates the Bucks. Yeah. That's why he's doing it. No, I think um, he hates a lot of things. When it comes to Mark Lazary, though, the co-owner, he says that they think they're gonna get underway the the end, the rest of the regular season and the playoffs starting earliest in July, latest in August. But Steve Kerr, a coach for the Warriors, he's saying they're operating as if there ain't gonna be any season. The longer this goes, I don't I honestly in my well, heart, does, heart, down when... in my gut, I don't see the NBA I don't see the NBA coming back up. Doctor Fauci came out the other day and said some sports leagues are just gonna to have to bite the bullet and say sorry, it's done. Well, when does this season run into next season? I'm glad you bring that up. Have
1: certain time off.
0: I'm glad you bring that up. The NBA. This is my advancing the story here. The NBA now has support gaining through front offices, players, everyone alike, that the 2020-21 season will start in December and then run through late July or August with the playoffs. So now the 2020-21 season will be affected according to the rumblings and the mutterings coming out of the NBA that they will push the start of next season back to December. What do you guys think of that? I mean, you're going to have to do something.
1: So does that mean that obviously the NBA finals normally get over in June? Yeah. Does that mean they can go till roughly August if they're pushing it back two months?
5: Yeah. Didn't they? Isn't the they wanted to do this. They didn't want to start in October. Yes, anymore. Like yeah, they wanted. They were to talking about making this change anyway and starting the NBA season later.
0: So yeah, I mean they would the the NBA the finals would go into August, Nelly. Like you just said, if for next season because twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, they're already talking about starting the season delayed in December, which I think they wanted to do kind of to begin with. You you were saying RJ, uh, but they were talking about. Let's see here. It's not hard to imagine the pushback when the NBA tries. Okay, so in order for them to get back to normalcy, they're going to need tests. COVID-19 tests. They're going to need over 15,000 COVID-19 tests. Could you imagine the outcry from the general public that a bunch of millionaire athletes who are playing a game get 15,000-plus tests when John Q. Public can't even get
1: one or what happens when they get faulty tests and all of them start testing positive.
0: And and there's that which is already happening. It's as already well. happened in quite a few different places. Yep. And it's it's there's so many moving parts of this story. And then Nelson, what was your gone in sixty you had at six twenty this morning about an hour ago?
5: Yeah, what did the, the, the what did the NBA also the say? The
1: NBA came out according to sources and they're urging
5: no testing if you have no symptoms. How'd that go for Rudy Colbert? <laughs> Not good. He's the reason why. Dude had zero symptoms. Touched everything in sight. And then what happened? Hugging guys. Now him and Donovan Mitchell hate each other. Yeah, because I think think it's kind of a one-way hate, like you were talking about earlier with Michael. Did they say
0: that relationship is almost like unrepairable or something? Yeah,
5: before action gets started again, somebody's going to need to get traded.
0: So they're already talking about pushing the season back next year. Steve Kerr says, I don't know if the season's even going to happen. We're operating the Warriors, that is, as if it's not. Well, the Warriors are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, You can make the case that they were operating like the season wasn't even in play, even when the season was happening. And then you have co-owner of the box, Mark Lazry, saying that they're looking at the starting up in somewhere in July to August.
1: Well, I mean, one if you're Steve Kerr, I feel like that's the easy answer to give. Yeah, we're we're acting like the yeah. season's over. Well, one, you won how many rings in the last five years? So you kind of got a lot of your championships, right? Uh-huh. You don't you don't really care as much. And your team stunk this year. You were the worst team in the NBA. You want it to be
0: over. Yeah. Today was the date that um, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, said that they were going to kind of give us an update, a little more information on what the season was going to entail, if there is going to be a season, if there is going to be playoffs. You had yesterday Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary saying that they are thinking and there's a lot of optimism around the league. He was on CNBC, uh, the halftime report it's called, and he was saying a lot of optimism around the league that they're going to start up time between July and August. And then a couple of days ago they had a report that they're thinking of restarting the playoffs and, or whatever in Disney World. And, Nelson, you're, about, you're talking with your buddy Connor. Um, I don't know why he's a Bulls fan. It doesn't make any sense. He's not from Chicago or Illinois, is he?
1: No, he's from Edgerton.
0: He's from Edgerton. Like, it's your birthright to be a Bucks fan, bro. It's time to shed your allegiances and come to the Milwaukee Bucks side. But what was he saying about what he was hearing? Because well, there's that, so much information out there that you can't even keep it straight.
1: And he's, he follows the NBA big time a lot more than I do. But, yeah, he was basically saying how they are kicking around kind of just starting it up with the playoffs and even potentially just the best, like, eight teams.
0: Yeah, and even, like, the playoffs. What do we know about the playoffs? The eighth team that qualifies for the playoffs stinks. How many, you, you rarely see an eight seed beat a one seed. It's, it, it's, it happens, but it's very rare. We don't need the Atlanta Hawks. We don't need the, the Warriors. We don't need the bottom feeders. Well, do you even really need to start up the regular season? I think you me, just jump right to the playoffs.
1: Me personally, I feel like they should probably play at least a like a week of regular season games yeah, just, just to get that. just to get guys legs back and to kind of get back for the feel of the game cuz I mean the guys have been off for a month, right? Yeah,
0: Chris Paul was talking about that. CP3 saying, yo, we need we need some time to get reacclimated to playing and then we need to play some games before we jump into the playoffs. But if you look at who's the eight seed in the East, it's the Orlando Magic. They're 30 and 35. The Nets are 30 and 34. They're the seven seed. You know, behind them, the Wizards are the nine seed. The Wizards are 24 and 40. Is that good? It's terrible. I saw... <laughs> the worst team is the Cavaliers <laughs> at 19 and 46. The Hawks are 20 and 47. I the Pistons are 20 and 46.
1: About how John Wall should come back if they push this season just to show that he can still be a great player. And blah blah blah. I
0: was like, Who, who even cares? cares about the Washington who?
1: Wizards and John Wall? No
0: one. Who cares? The Wizards are twenty four and forty. Who cares? The West, out of the West, the Grizzlies are an eight seed. They're thirty two and thirty three. The Trailblazers, they're the nine seed right now at twenty nine and thirty seven. The Warriors are dead last, fifteen and fifty. Would you give it? Would you give a crap if, if? The Warriors came back to play, I don't know, the Cavaliers. 19-46, the Cavs going against the 15-50 and 50 Warriors. Just jump straight. No, I, give them a couple exhibition games and then just jump straight to the playoffs.
1: The only reason why I'd, I'd like them to take a week or two of just random give them games an exhibition is just to get them warmed up for the playoffs so they don't go in there cold. So not... So one team can't open their facilities next week and be shooting around for a month, and then the Bucks get in there yeah. four weeks from now and have been cold and haven't been doing anything, and then you just jump right in the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's why you have to wait at least a week or two of games. They got
0: a 14-day – if they ever get cleared, they got a 14-day plan where they're going to do – if that's still the case – where they're going to do individual exercises for X amount of days and the next amount of days, team activities. Then give us some exhibition games. And then start the playoffs. No one gives a crap. About the 15 and 50 Warriors. Their own coach doesn't give a crap. He said they're operating as if there's not even a season. Okay. See ya. Get out of here then. The Timberwolves, the 14 seed, 19 and 45. Who cares? The Suns, 26 and 39. Who cares? Out of the East, the Cavs, 19 and 46. What's the theme here? Who cares? Start exhibition and then playoffs. Do it in Disney World. I don't give a crap. Do it in the Bahamas. Do it in a. An old abandoned casino that they got. In, who
5: cares? <laughs> just give me some basketball. Hey, I want the Bucks UFC's to win it all. UFC's coming back next week. Yep.
0: We're about to be the biggest UFC fans.
5: <laughs> Somebody was like, "How can they do that in Florida?" I'm like, uh, "Fighting's been deemed essential." Yeah, so WWE is <laughs> deemed essential. In Entertainment Florida. and yeah, that's just, just essential in Florida. Yeah, that's just
0: acting. Yeah, I know the King on Twitch here will tell you otherwise. Sorry, King. Chorea- that's just acting.
5: Choreographed.
0: That's that's, that's <laughs> choreographed fights. <All> right. <laughs> Big Twelve Commissioner. Old Bobby, old Bowlesby, he says college football starting on time. They're very optimistic about it or starting close to it. But here is the kicker. Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commish, says he is very skeptical about college football being able to go through an entire season without disruption because of the coronavirus pandemic. He is worried about them starting their season on time or close to it, and then an outbreak happening again, and then shutting down the season. He says, quote, I worry more about the end of the season and the postseason than I do the beginning parts of the season. If the virus comes roaring back in their traditional flu and virus season in November, December through March, I wonder if we're going to get basketball seasons in. I wonder if we're going to get the college football playoffs in. I wonder if we're going to get the NCAA tournament in. Bowlesby goes on to say that he thinks, quote, we'll be very, very lucky to start on Labor Day weekend and get through a football season without a disruption. We will be very lucky to get through the postseason and basketball season without disruptions. Bowlesby then said to The Athletic that, are you guys ready for this? A split season with some games happening in the fall, they would then take a hiatus and then come back to action for the rest of the season to happen in spring. A model that conference commissioners are evaluating, but he clarified yesterday that it's, quote-unquote, a fallback position. He's not an advocate for that model, he proclaims, but, quote, we may be finding ourselves falling back on a split season. Okay. I don't... I'm getting getting to the... I'm right.
1: getting to the point where I think we should all just stay in our houses and never leave them for the rest of our lives. But Boom. Let's do
5: it. I feel like that's dripping with sarcasm. I didn't know. That was sincere. <laughs> that was straight sincerity out of Nelson.
0: I figured you'd go along more the lines of herd
1: immunity, Nellie. Like, this is getting ridiculous. You're talking about a season that it's more than a year. Oh. wow! It's half a year away, and now you're talking about continuing it because the flu We don't know, but it might come back even stronger in the winter. A year from now.
5: Wow, six months.
1: No, it would be a year from now from when they would pick it back up if they canceled the season. Because he said he wanted to play that fall, and then if it came back, they would restart it in spring.
5: Well, spring semester. I mean, you're talking about April. So really... (laughs) Eleven months from now. Let's get into. Yeah, it's it, May Nelson. It's
0: not a year, dude. It's eleven months. Get it straight. RJ just bodied you in the uh, well. RJ just no. well. Actually, you so hard. Yeah. I, well, he,
1: sorry, but it's gonna feel like five years by the time all this stupid lockdown pandemic stuff is over.
0: So Bob Bowles, and this is the Big Twelve commissioner saying that their fallback position, their fallback plan, and it sounds—he's not a fan of it, but it sounds like this could happen. You play half the season in fall, then and then you shelter at home, you, you live in fear because the flu comes around again or whatever. He could get a lot more than half the season. And in then the you fall. go back and finish it off in spring.
1: Yeah, see, he says he's this is not what I'm hoping for, but that's the only that's the only plan he's talking about.
0: He said that, quote, or let's see, he said that he believed that with warmer weather on the horizon, quote, I think we'll get back to campus and get back to practicing and we'll start the season.
5: We may not start exactly on time, but I'll think we'll start this season. I think Iowa's president came out and said the campus will open back up in June. Um, Good. Specifically for football, like, to start on time. So then I heard a report
0: um, that if college football – doesn't happen, which, my God. If college Think of football how doesn't depressed
5: happen, the South is going to be.
0: I mean, not
5: everyone, RJ, but yeah, the no, South no, for likes,
0: sure.
5: Particularly SEC people. Oh, SEC. Oof, what are they going to do? How are they going to beat their chest and say we're better than the rest of
0: America? And their cousins are going to be running around a lot, Ooh, dude. Yep. Yikes. But when you look at it, <laughs> football, college football. Ohio State's athletic director's already come out. We're gonna, they said they're going to lose $150 million if they don't have fans in the stand. If you're not going to have kids on campus, which they're already I already hear people talking about now. It's like you know, it's D3 schools in Wisconsin here. They're already talking about not having kids on campus. It's all going to be online. Yep. If, and that's for the fall. If you have people already talking about this, how is college football going to work if you can't have people on campus, you can't have fans in the stand. Why are you going to have then players on the field? It, you can't. It's it's not. If you can't. the
5: campus isn't open, you cannot have your athletic facilities be open.
0: It's 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 not. It's not going to happen. So Yeah. I mean, there's right. more. There's more optimism coming now. Like NBA is talking about starting back up in a couple months here, July maybe to August. You have baseball trying to think of plans. Now they're talking about maybe what having the three. 10-team divisions in Texas, And have spring Arizona. training
5: at your yeah. individual facilities. And it would, it's, with states, some states still being closed, that can't happen.
0: There are some, some, you can maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel, but when you see a little glimmer of that light, a little glimmer of that hope, then you get a report of like, well, how the hell are we even going to do college football when campuses are going to be closed? You can't have students on the field playing if there's no students on the if the campus right. is closed.
5: And we had Ohio State's uh, AD already come out and say that. He, yeah, he was like, they're if like, campus stays closed, we can't open up athletic facilities for the athletes because they're not allowed on campus. It's this <laughs> and how would even okay let's let's
0: just say that yes you can have college football but there's no fans. How is how is that even going to – how is that even survive? How do you even – what do you do?
5: You play the game?
0: Yeah, I get it, it's, but, like, it's,
1: it's – Well, all the smaller schools wouldn't be able to to survive compared to the Ohio State, yeah. the Oklahomas that are put on TV. Yeah. On yeah. the big channels getting more of that money than, say, I don't know, Tennessee State.
0: And then you have – then I read a report yesterday that if college football is not going to happen, the NFL is thinking about they would play with no fans, but they're thinking about playing on Saturdays. I don't why, I wouldn't lie. Why why. change your day. That's I was confused by it too, but I was reading that yesterday. I, mean, I guess. Play on both days. Yeah. I worst <laughs> What worst case scenario? Yeah, play on both days. I love that. Worst case scenario I if this keeps trending, I don't think there's going to be college football. I don't want to be doom and gloom here. I want to yeah. be the captain of hope, but if you're not going to have I already hear some schools talking about they're going to close the campuses and have online schools yeah. or online classes, excuse me for school. Now that was like that was like your UW platfills and your UW whatevers. <laughs> I, I I already hear it. Well,
1: let's think about what that Yahoo from the Big Twelve said. If they open up campus in fall and they start the season, what are they going to close campus for? What is that J semester or J term or yeah. whatever they call it for winter? So then you're going to close it, but then you're going to open it back up for spring semester. Yeah, because he no, said they do a split season. Yeah, because he'd do a split season. So what, are they right. going to close it over the winter? Yes. Well, that's what and I gather they're not from gonna, they're not gonna they're not going to be able to bring any athletes in or have them training or do whatever, and then you would just randomly open it back up in spring without having you. any type of structure during the winter. So they sat out and didn't have anything going on for months. I got you. Like, that yeah. doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It, it, it won't doesn't. work like that.
0: Okay, I didn't did think
5: about that. I'm like, what? Huh? College
0: football <laughs> College football will be so – I mean, obviously it's going to be different. There's no fans. That's obvious for any sport. College football would be so affected though without fans. It would be such a different product. NFL can survive without fans to a
5: degree. Yeah, Some I mean teams, teams at, already do. Yeah, yeah, look at the Jaguars. Yeah, the Jags.
0: Like there's so many. Or the, <laughs> they took out half. of the LA Chargers to make
5: a, a field long bar that nobody sits. Yeah.
0: at. NFL can exist without fans. Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, welcomes it with open arms. That's because he doesn't have his own the boo birds out. Yeah, he doesn't have to get booed. NFL can survive without fans. I was, you know, college Perhaps football though, would
5: probably do better too. Oh, for sure.
0: College football, though. I Yikes. Yikes. I mean, they're kids. They're not. I mean, they're, they're just kids. They're, they're over 18. So they're adults. But, you know, it's
5: they're not professional. Not according to Gary Anderson, he calls all of them kids. Gary It doesn't matter how old they are. That's Gary Anderson.
0: He, he he's the first guy. He's the reason why. And right, it's on hold right now because no one's really doing too much. But Gary Anderson is the reason why we have the D bag of the week. Gary Anderson won the inaugural D bag of the year, which then inspired the D bag of the week. Yeah. Gary Anderson was the Those the first guy to do it.
1: Not only would the, the cancel canceling of the college football season or not having fans at a college football team game, not only would that kill. Just, just the game itself, but what about the economies in those cities around? Yeah, I mean, because, Ohio State
0: said there was $150
1: million. Well, even think about Madison. Think yeah, about regions. Just Street. local
0: economy, and that's just their athletic department.
1: Like the, Normally the NFL, like there's always going to be a bunch of people around, like Ashwaubenon and Green Bay, and they're going to be yeah. tailgating no matter what. But a lot of people conjugate in Madison for those game days.
0: Yeah, it's, I mm-hmm. mean, I feel for every business owner out there. I feel for you. Like, my heart goes out to you. It's terrible. Let's go to the phones quick. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Joan Ebo Show. Who do I got?
6: Morning. It's uh, Doug from China.
0: Doug, what's up, dude? How you living? Well,
6: pretty good. Pretty good. My day off, I'm on call.
0: Uh, day but, off? Uh, you don't have to unclog any drains today in your day off like you did no last drains, Monday.
6: Right? Yeah, no drains today. Very just good. bacon and eggs.
3: <laughs> um,
0: that
6: a boy. I want to make a little comment about uh, just listening this whole week about, uh, you know, the flurry and criticism and sure. We had our own... Uh, in Washington, we had uh, with Trent Williams, we had uh, a deal on a, a table. It was confirmed by Coach Rivera that we had a first round choice or a first round pick in a trade for Trent. And our, our former general manager, Bruce Allen, he didn't do it. And I'm convinced now it's all egos. I think Matt LaFleur has an ego, Gudekins has an ego, uh, Bruce Allen had an ego, Trent Williams. It's just egos. Like they, I think they're so much better than the players yeah. That, you oh. know, they make the call. It's kind of like on, on uh, the Bulls uh, documentary. Yeah. That, with uh, the, Oh, dude, professional
0: sports are all ego-driven for sure, from the GM all the way down to, you know, the, the kicker or the guy that yeah. gets your water. Everyone's got a little ego. That's how you get to that level, you know?
6: And, you know, the quarterbacks now, are, they're a dime a dozen. Like, are you, really, are you guys really sold on uh, Mr. Love there? <laughs> I mean, quarterbacks are, you don't know if they're good. The only good ones are like Peyton Manning. And uh, what's other guy? The Colts guy that came out of college. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Yeah, them, like like sure, you know, you know they're going to be good. You know, you're not even your, you're not just coming out of college. You know, yeah. you didn't know he was going to be good.
0: Well, here's the you know Tom Brady. That guy was like almost Mr. Irrelevant, and all of a sudden he's the goat. You know, so it's exactly. Yeah, hey, I'd
6: like to make another comment. Sure. In watching watching the draft, um, you know, a lot of SEC players got drafted. I think they said and a I record. To make your, yeah, they had a record. I guess I never really thought about it. Like if you took an all pro if you haven't noticed I like making teams. Like an all pro big ten NFL team versus that you know, SE, all NFL S E team.
4: Man. Have you guys
6: looked at that? Like if you look, I think Big Ten is pretty damn good.
0: Oh
4: yeah.
6: For as far as the NFL players go, you know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, the bottom that's, line that's is a good conversation. They, yeah. How
6: they produce in the NFL. I think Big Ten matches up. Just as good as SEC oh, in the NFL. for sure,
0: for sure. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Doug. Thanks. Man, have a good weekend. Well, at one point in time, wasn't wasn't there like seven linemen all like the the top paid players in the NFL were all Big Ten or all players from the Big Ten?
1: Weren't a lot at of the Lyman? higher paid linemen were from
5: Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah what like, was it, was, two, it, was seven? it? Two seasons ago or three seasons like ago? Everyone that was making top money was all from Wisconsin. Frederick, uh, Joe Thomas, Zeitler. Uh, Zeitler. Um, I believe. Um, Ricky Wagner. Yeah, Ricky Wagner yeah, was there, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm forget. We're the, forgetting a couple, but they were they were all the top at their positions. Paid. And Ramcheck just got paid. He's now the highest paid left tackle.
0: Well, how how did you guys think the SEC, when it comes to pros, stacks up to the Big Ten? I'm so excited. The people have been demanding. The people have been asking. When are you gonna get the legend on? When are you gonna get? One of the best storytellers around, On When is the Hebrew Hammer going to grace us with his presence again? Well, here you go. Ask and you shall receive. Matt Bernstein, former Wisconsin Badger, the legend himself. What's up,
3: dude? What's going on, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for... Thanks for having me and excited that people want me back on.
0: Bernie, you're a cult hero, dude. I mean, like, I get <laughs> I get people asking me all the time, when's Bernie coming on, when's Bernie coming on? There's people walking around these hallways that are like, I love that guy. Who's that guy that has the great stories and he beasted out against Penn State? I'm like, that's Matt Bernstein. Like, get him on again. So here we yeah, are, Bernie.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: How's your time been, man? How's New York?
3: Uh, well, it's raining and it's gross and... It looks like people are just throwing their trash on the ground, so that's nice. Well, that's that's nothing
0: uh, new, though, right? is not that always the yeah, case in New
3: York? Yeah, but not on, it's, in, it's right in front of our building, so <laughs> as I look at it, it's like kind of really gross. What's but it no like no one's you know no one's cleaning, no one's coming to sweep anymore. I don't even know where the broom is. Are, are, so. are,
0: are like there's are there like rats running wild around the
3: streets or what? Actually, there's no more food on the streets, so there's no more rats. I think oh. they're eating themselves. I read an article that they're they're cannibalizing each other. And the problem's <laughs> taken care of itself, dude. The
0: problem's <laughs> taking care of itself. So Bernie, when it comes to the COVID nineteen pandemic and whatnot, obviously uh Wisconsin a lot different and Madison, especially a lot different than what's going on in New York. Is it are you required to wear a mask everywhere? Or like what's what's a day in the life of as you navigate if you even do leave your apartment, what's the day in the life for Matt Bernstein?
3: Yeah, a day in the life is you definitely wear a mask. Um, you wear a mask everywhere. If you go inside, you have to wear a mask. You know, there's some wine stores that won't let you in. Even though I'm like, listen, big spender, They're, they won't let you in there. So uh, we, we have like nine or ten masks now. So it's, 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 it's great. Did I see you rocking a Wisconsin Badger one? I don't have a Wisconsin Badger one. I have a Wisconsin Badger hat.
0: That's what it was. That's what I saw, yeah. the hat
3: with the the face mask. Yeah, that's it crazy. It looks man. great with the face mask. Yeah, it's like a new... Um, what is it? Like accessory.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, sure. you're looking you're looking good, bro. You're looking good. And how is uh you're a newlywed now, so how is uh you're really putting the marriage to a test right away as you are in a small apartment in New York together, can't leave. How's uh how's the missus?
3: She's good. She's still here, she's still kicking. <laughs> um a lot harder sometimes now that we're stuck in the same apartment all day. Uh, <laughs> there is hardly any time. Privacy time. Yeah. But I, that's I okay.
0: That's okay. I mean, you know, it just makes you guys grow,
3: grow, grow. I'm sure you're dealing okay. with the same stuff.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. I, well, I get to leave and come to work, so I get to actually, I get to escape. So my wife's been laid off since March 17th. So when I come home, you know, she's there, and I got a long list of projects to help her with. So exactly. my work has, like, doubled. I got work here, then I got more work at home. It's like sometimes I just, like, prefer being at work. She's listening right now, so I love I love coming home and doing all that. I love you, honey.
3: She's listening. <laughs> was it was it uh, wasn't it her birthday?
0: Yeah, it was like her a, birthday. It was her birthday.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, on Happy the 27th. birthday. Yes. She,
3: what? Oh, that's so cool. Oh, no, no,
0: R J like gave me a weird look. Well, I just, just love the remembering. Yeah, twenty seventh. You got to remember the important dates and the anniversary. Don't forget that, Bernie. As a guy who's been with her for eleven years, you got to remember the birthday. Got to remember
3: the anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is no forgetting these dates. All
0: right, so, Bernie, Matt Bernstein joining <laughs> us right now. Dude, so um, when it comes to college football, and I saw this happen, if Matt Bernstein was in, when you were in college and they had this rule, which is going to take effect in 2021-22 season, that you can make money now off of your name, your likeness, you can have third-party endorsements, how do you feel about that for players finally to you finally know, get that opportunity, and what would Matt Bernstein, who would he have been sponsored by?
3: Oh, my God. I would have loved it. I would have been sponsored by everybody, I think. (laughs) I would have done commercials for Wando's, the College Club, um, Ian's Pizza, the Parthenon, the Tornado Room. First off, as a a student athlete, I probably walked into these places and said, hey, if you guys ever need anything, I work for steak, beer, and alcohol. Would you even need Uh, money? Would it just be that? I mean, do you need anything else after that?
0: No, not really.
3: Like, I, I mean, what other places? What other staples? I, Mickey's Dairy Bar. <laughs> All right, like, I, Bernie, I, I, I just,
0: I, yeah, what's up? I had a, I said something yesterday that kind of peeved RJ. You and, said
5: it multiple times.
0: And I, I got to clear the air here. Mickey's Dairy Bar. I've been there, th- I've been there three times. And I, I want to like it. I, I truly do. Every time I've been there, it's, it's it's just a lot left to be desired. Am I missing something? Is it
3: me? It might be who you're with. Who are you going with?
0: Well, <laughs> the best part is you Aske- just ask what orders. Her, you just wished her a happy birthday, so be careful.
3: Oh well, hold <laughs> oh, hold up, hold on. Let me <laughs> retract that question. <laughs> what are you ordering? Is, is better? All right, the first time I ordered like a scrambler. No, you
5: didn't. Yeah, no, hang on. You I said or- you never had it.
0: I ordered a scrambler, or sorry, Jen ordered a scrambler, and I ordered, like, you know, your bacon, eggs, whatever, toast. It was fine. It was fine. And then after that, I ordered, um, it was like a potato soup kind of thing, and it was it was not, it was a lot. Le- Every time was a lot left to be desired. Jeez.
5: Is it just P- me? RJ, potato soup? That's what I said. Like, he's naming all this stuff. He's it was like, <laughs> yeah, I have lunch there. I'm like,
3: what are you going for lunch?
5: Yeah, okay, RJ, the second time RJ? I
3: was there was lunch they have other things besides a Scrambler? I've never seen
5: it. I've never seen it either. I've had some of the the, the, I've, flat had the fr- I've had the French toast before, which is pretty good. I see the line. I've I had, see the long line, and an I don't get it. I before, don't get it. And then yeah. an omelet, you just upgrade it to the Scrambler because they just load an omelet on top of uh, American fries. I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful, and if they're listening,
0: I'm sure they are. I apologize. But for me, it's just it's overrated.
3: All right, so next time you're going to come with me, and we're going to... We're gonna get a. I, I'm trying to think like sausage scrambler, gravy no, on corn top, corn beef, corn Ooh, yeah, beef. Yeah, they do have good corn beef. Scramble. <laughs> I get the gravy on the side because you get lost in the sauce because oh. it's so much. Oh, I, I like, get
5: I get it on top, or else it's too I, dry. Hold, hold on, I, and I'm sick of dipping.
3: Sauce. Extra hot sauce. Yep. Okay. Mm, yeah. All over the thing, and a chocolate milkshake. All right, you're
5: selling the cereal again. Their milkshakes are flipping oh, amazing. I like ten
3: commercials. I would get paid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, now you're now you're now a spokesperson for Mickey's Dairy Bar. Congratulations, Matt Bernstein. Can I get
3: paid? All right, once once
0: no, once we can go yeah. back to restaurants, I will I will go with you. I'll buy since you're coming from New York. I'll buy. Done. I'll try it again. I told myself that was the third time, third three strikes you are out, but I'll try it again.
5: <laughs> I, can't. Right, the, I, I ordered the potato soup. I'm never gonna order
3: the potato soup. I, I don't even look at the
5: menu. I don't even think the potatoes were cooked. I think there's they're just raw <laughs> thrown in there. You just use the menu on the left. The other two don't matter. Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, Wait. Okay. So let's go back to what we were talking about. I'm yeah. really interested to hear what you guys are thinking about.
0: About who you who would sponsor you? Well, I said a a K K Uh No,
3: I don't mean that. I mean like how how I, I guess there's going to be more coming out, but. You know, do you get an agent, or is the compliance team at the stadium going to be your agent? Basically, you know, does it does it will like Oregon, or Oregon get like players want to go there because there's. Much big yeah, there's a ton Nike. of questions.
0: I totally agree. It's, and the, the rules are just starting to trickle out right now. You can receive compensation for third-party endorsements, uh, money off your social media accounts, which, I mean, unless you were putting Wando's and KK in your top five for MySpace when you were playing. I don't know if you're going to be getting endorsement deals there. Did you even have a MySpace? No. Okay, would, never mind. I, you I, didn't I, have a MySpace. Yeah. Bernie's too cool for that. And then you can get you know personal appearances and whatnot. I think it's great that you can finally make money off your name. Because when you were playing, if you were to sign an autograph, Bernie, and sell it, you'd be reprimanded.
3: Isn't that nuts? You, well, you, you would get in. You would be uh, get in a ton of trouble. Yeah, you'd get suspended.
0: It's crazy, and I, I'm glad the NCAA is finally coming to their senses and allowing players to do this. But like Nelson had well, a good idea. What
3: happens to the Family Day? You know, like if you let's say you were a big, big name, like uh, like let's say Jonathan Taylor, and it's not how nice he is. When you go to see uh, what's it, family day before the season starts, are people going to have to pay to go to that now? Because players should be getting autographs? paid. Yeah. So I mean, there's just so much. There's so much intricacies. I think that. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I'm waiting to see what happens because I feel like this. It, it's. I love the idea, and I think players on on some level definitely should because they they make a lot of money for the university. But on the flip side. How on earth are you going to make it happen? Yeah,
0: there's a ton of there's a ton of you know worms in this can that are like got to solve here. But uh, Bernie, one of the callers called in yesterday when we were talking about this, and he said there's going to create jealousy in the locker room, like the linemen. What linemen is going to be thinking? Well, I block for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. How come Jonathan Taylor is making more money than me when I paved the way for him? When in your playing days was there ever like jealousy between certain positions?
3: Um, no, I, you know, like, but that's, then it becomes the NFL, right? And NCAA is, if, if this is the way they're going, it's going to be the NFL. Listen, Lyman could get some love too. They, they should go to the big places like Vicky's. you know, go to the food stops. but red, red Robin. See the second red, but see that's, but those guys should all go to Red Robin and get a deal there.
0: Yeah, like there was a story two years ago that they, all the linemen go to Red Robin and they're talking about their burgers and how like it led to their success. There's a sponsorship right. for the linemen.
3: So there are opportunities, but you're, you're talking about – so it's, I don't know, like I started picturing yesterday, like imagine, um, you know, Anthony Davis is getting signed by all these different places. Does he have a house in Madison? Like does he buy a home? Like does he buy an apartment? Do you know what I'm saying? Like do you eventually now become – like self sufficient. I don't know if that's the right term. Like,
0: no, yeah, you're right.
3: I needed money, but I didn't have much. I worked at Wando's as a barback. You know, football gave you like a little bit each month for like um, through your rent and for other things. So it was like, I did have a job, and it, it's hard to balance both, but I think everyone who goes to the school balances a lot of things. Do you, will you, will this have, you know, like,
0: yeah, there's so many other things. I'm, of course you worked at Wando's. Of course. I can just I can just see it right now. Did you work every Tuesday for Bacon, bacon Night?
3: No, I, I went to Bacon Night. I, I, I guess I went to work, if you mean working like drinking PBRs for 75 cents and eating bacon. <laughs> That's doing work. <well. laughs> yeah, I, I worked hard. That man's so working I worked, hard. Uh, I worked Thursday yeah. nights, and I was a bar back. Jay Wando wouldn't let me work the front door because he said I'd let in all the underage kids. Well, yeah, but was a hundred percent right.
0: <laughs> well, theoretically, like we're not saying you did. Like, just maybe, like it could have happened, possibly, right? Like
3: theoretically, it would have happened. Yeah, right. I
0: mean, like I'm not like like I never, when I was twenty, I never went to bars and drank like Luckies or anything. I never did
5: that. He used to like be even at a bar back. He'd look out the picture window if he saw somebody. All of a sudden, he'd run out. I've had this happen. Oh, be, Bernie, RJ, get yeah. in here! And then, like, but take, he would ID you to make sure it was all right. And then if you weren't. But, no. Yes. There was yes. no idea. But I'm he, trying to be. I'm he trying to
0: Statue of Limitations. Put, so put his arm around no, you, pull you in. Everybody no in the
5: line's giving you the stink eye no like, idea. Who the hell's this kid? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just walking in there and be like, yep.
0: Bernie, <laughs> I wish I could have been in college with you, dude. I, it, it would have been a hell of a blast,
3: man. I really wish you could have as well. But uh, Nelson,
0: <laughs> Nelson had an idea for you when it comes to this new, you know. Um, you know, making money off people's likeness. Nelson, what was your idea for Bernie?
1: Well, I was just saying basically, because you kind of brought it up earlier, will they have to hire an agent? Like, how will that work? Why don't they have guys that played football like you and some of the other guys we have on these shows that had stints in the NFL or, you know, professionally that are now working in other lines of work, come back and be the middleman between these players and – the deals that they're signing where they can make this money because you guys kind of have experience there. I feel like that'd be like a perfect marriage.
3: I I don't disagree, but I I feel like somebody has to have a lot more skills than I have. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's going to be, there's going to be contracts. There's going to be compliance things that I just think the university is going to have to get another team together.
5: Yeah. It'll be like a whole new subdivision of the compliance department.
3: Right. Which is like a liaison between companies, you know, big business, and, yeah, and you, guys, athletes, you guys
0: can meet mm-hmm. at Wando's or the KK.
3: Yeah, we can meet. You can meet wherever you want. It's <laughs> <That's> where deals <laughs> it's are just, done. <laughs> it's just I think that I think it has to be regulated by the university or by the athletic department because then it becomes a little bit crazy, right? If you have um, like one guy has an agent that's just like hitting the phones, calling everywhere, you know, saying like, "Oh, I have these five guys, sign them or else." Yeah, you know, I think there has to be something where. You know, you just call the compliance the new compliance for the university, and uh, they're like, "Hey, we want Jonathan Taylor to do." I to say, you can't, you can't do like uh, any other pizza besides toppers now. But you know, like you, you can get any any player. I, I just find it, it's going to be weird because what are the like the three or four teams that will actually players will make money? Right. There might not even, you know, I think volleyball will be high, and I think uh, I think football, basketball. And maybe hockey, right? Like, what else?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, if you're, it's not called the row team; it's called the crew. I don't know if you knew that or not. (laughs) I found that out yesterday. (laughs) But if, uh, like, do you think a guy who is your head rower of the crew team is he going to be? Maybe he could get a deal for some paddles or something. But I mean, who's going to be? What do you want? If you're a business owner, do you want to have Jonathan Taylor, you know, represent your business, or do you want, you know, no offense to Joe Blow over here, but who's on the crew team? What do you want? Where are you going to spend your money on? Jonathan Taylor
3: a so 100%. Right. So, I, you know, I, I only think this really also affects, let's be real, out of the thousands of students that are or student-athletes, probably a thousand maybe or more that are on campus, it's only going to be like the top 20, 30 people, maybe even less.
0: Yeah. Oh, we have a question here from OB. He says, do the cheerleaders and Bucky Badger, do they get money too?
3: Oh, for sure. Well, I would assume, yes.
0: <laughs> hey, Bernie, I know, I know, we, uh, um, I know you got to go because you got actually like, work to do today, and I appreciate you joining <laughs> us. Matt Bernstein joining us right now, but before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you think college football, I mean, let's say this dumb COVID-19 pandemic continues on through the fall. They do have college football, but there's no fans. What would it be like? How Did, did you feed off, and I know the answer is going to be yes, but how did you feed off the energy of a stadium, and could college football work without fans there?
3: I mean, could it work? It's going to have to work because fans like me, I want it, I I need it. As long as it's safe in some realm that they can possibly test the players before they go out and play against each other. Like football and any other sporting events, like it's kind of a gross, when you like really take a step back and think about it, like sweaty guys, saliva, everything all over the place, blood. So, you know, as long as they can test everyone and make it safe for the players, but to play in an empty stadium, I, I don't even know what that would look like. I, I'm assuming they'll let the, maybe their families in and they have to set, you know, sit social distance. I, I just think it would be – I don't think the product would be the same. I think football would be fun, but it would be like you're at a, like a, a scrimmage on a Saturday that no one could go to.
0: Like Let's go to your Penn State game. I mean, you're a called hero for it, obviously. Does Bernie do what he does if it's not a big crowd roaring him on, or did you even hear the
3: crowd? I mean, I want to say yes, but I don't know, right? Like, the crowd comes – it's so – like, you get so fired up when you are running through the tunnel. Everyone's cheering. Like, people are there to watch the football team. There is nothing more exciting than that. You know, we used to walk through, um, like, the concession stands, and guys – you know, people are patting you on the back and, like, shaking your hands. Like, that stuff gets you amped. You see little kids with, like, all their badger gear on. And then you like, walk by a Michigan fan and push them on the ground. Because that's, you know, and no one's going to stop you for that. And that gets you even more excited. You know, and, and it's great. I, I remember like warming up, and, and fans are be like, Bernie, you're going to suck today. And you're just like, you know, F you. You have no idea what I'm going to do today. Like, it's a great stuff.
0: And then, so, uh, then we go fight Michigan fans again.
3: And then you go find more Michigan fans, right? And you push them to the ground. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, if Donovan Rayola was the best, he would get you fired up by just cursing out opposing fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to I, walk behind him just to laugh.
5: I know there's that. You used to walk behind him just to I laugh. I know there's that picture of him giving the, the – DX suck it yeah. to the <laughs> Michigan State mascot, but that's the kind oh, of stuff he did. Yeah. He went and found the mascots and told them, Wait. they were worthless." <laughs> yeah. He would he would
3: go for the mascots,
5: Bernie. Oh, d- like uh, he gave yeah. the Generation X suck it to the Michigan State mascot.
3: It's on. It's on um, sports. Illustrated <laughs> yeah. cover. that's incredible.
5: <laughs> uh,
0: Bernie, do you, I mean? Uh, do you have to go? Can I? Can I get you for like two more minutes? Do you have
3: yeah, to go?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. All I right. So I mean, the story. We're just diving in the stories a little bit. I gotta know. I gotta know. So you'd walk behind him, just to laugh. Does anything stick out besides him giving the suck it
3: to people? Oh, when we walked out at Arizona, there's a fan who was screaming, and you. And there's a picture. I don't know where it is, and I have to find it. And you could see him. <laughs> Standing there, giving the guy the finger, <laughs> and it's like it's hilarious. His, his brother was also like a like a crazy dude. He went to Nebraska when they were winning all the like, you know, game after game after game. He would go and I guess he told me a story that he would like run down to the other team's you know um, end zone and lay down. And the fans would be like, "What are you doing, bro?" And he's like, "It's gonna be a cakewalk. I don't even need to warm up today." <laughs> like he was crazy stuff. He, so I think Donovan got a little bit of that, you know. Like he—he he was a—he's a, a wild—he's a wild child. But it was just so, like you feed off for of all these different energies. Yeah. You know, it's like it's great when, when we'd be warming up and, and an opposing team would run out from where the old uh, visiting locker room used to be. You know, you are always standing there waiting for someone to say something to let go nuts. You know, <laughs> I, I, one time I I uh, I, I cut an, uh, a DB like a like a corner on a, on, a, on a run play. And the coach is like, you know, the coach is like, oh, you're 278 pounds of, you know, um, a very mean word, you know, calling me a wuss because I went to cut the guy. And I was like, hey, dude, I'll be back the next play and I'm going to cut him again. And then I just, the whole day, I was like cutting dudes as much as possible. Like, it's, it's just like you, like you feed off of that stuff. So and a coach, so called, like, you,
0: a coach called you a wussy, but it started with a P? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, Bernie. You know, the
3: you know, unbelu- I was so mad. But then, <laughs> guess what? I took it out of these little DVDs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 270 you know, pounds I, of twisted steel and sex appeal, Bernie.
3: Yeah, it's a straight, like, mental problem <laughs> when, I, when I was on the field. <laughs> Bernie, you know, I can talk stories
0: with you all day, but unfortunately, you also, you don't have to work. So, I appreciate your time, man. And stay safe in New York. Enjoy wearing that mask and your Badger hat and try getting into those yeah. wine stores. Those, that Carlos Mondavi wine ain't going to buy itself. No, it's it sure.
3: Oh, my God, Mondavi. I can be this spokesperson. Yeah, Look <laughs> at Mondavi. RJ, call them up. You're my agent. <laughs> all yeah, right. the agent. Do that. Hey,
0: Bernstein, stay safe, man. Uh, I right, uh, love always you guys. pleasure to talk Love you too, brother. You Take care. The you later. Later. Bernie, the man. Matt Bernstein. <laughs> Coach calls him a wussy. But it started with a P, not Did a W. Did I just w. get hired? You got hired. You got hired on the spot. <laughs> and then Bernie's <laughs> are
5: cutting RJ down
1: DVs. raking in about 10% now. Woo!